we've been in the call series. Um, if you've missed that, do catch up. Um, we've been looking more recently, and we looked at the three different calls. There's the call to be with Jesus. Um, we've been unpacking the story of when Jesus called the first disciples. The first call was the call to be with Jesus. We're called to be with Jesus before we're ever called to do something. As I've been saying, we're called to someone before something. The second thing is we've been called to holiness, which means to be set apart from the world and be consecrated to him. And in the story of calling uh, the first disciples that we've been reading, where he calls Simon Peter into the boat, he says, let's push away from the crowd. Let's push away. Let's have a separation. We unpack what holiness looks like, um, and we look specifically at the fear of God. Um, and then we are in the section which is a call to fulfill the Great Commission. And we've been looking at 10 hallmarks of that that you can find within the story that we're going to read together now. Um, 10 distinctives around the call of God on us. And um, we looked at number one, God calls us at the point where we feel weak and tired. That's the first hallmark. The second one we looked at was it will require us to go deeper than we ever did before, or that we did before. Number three, it doesn't always seem to make sense to us. Do I get an amen in the house? Um, and number four, we looked at the last one, was it requires obedience in his word. Um, and um, you can do the math. We've got 10 to get through. My prayer is that we get through it right up until Christmas time. I might have to squeeze a couple in on one week. So before I unveil hallmark number five, because I can see you're all so excited about that, we, we're going to read the story together um, that we can find in Luke chapter 5, um, 1 to 11. I'm going to read this as way of a reminder and recap, because it has been a couple of weeks, and then we're going to look at hallmark number five. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, listen, we toiled all night and took nothing. But... Nevertheless, that was the last hallmark we looked at. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Well, we get to hallmark number five, and it is this. Hallmark number five, there is blessing in the call. There is blessing in the call. Now, when we think about blessing, we often think about the things that God gives us. Is that fair? You know, I've been blessed by having so-and-so. Or maybe we say, we just pray the Lord's blessing on you. Or when someone sneezes, we say, what? Bless you. Um, 
Why not? Any opportunity to bless someone. You know, even, even non-Christians will use that phrase, bless you. It's become part of our modern vernacular. In fact, um, there was uh, a social media trend a number of years ago that was hashtag blessed. I don't know if any of you remember that. Some of you are nodding your head. And, and essentially, what you would do is you would take a picture of your new car and say, hashtag blessed. Or your job offer letter, hashtag blessed. Or your new shoes, hashtag blessed. Everyone got into it, which is a way of saying, you know, it's not about me, but it's all about me. <laughs> Just saying. Or this is my latte in front of Starbucks. I kid you not, hashtag blessed. I mean, blessed has become synonymous with gifts, hasn't it? And it is true, dear brothers and sisters, that all good things come from heaven above, as we read in the Scriptures. And it's worth saying that, as it says in the Scriptures, the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. I mean, we call it common grace, that God is graceful to his creation and he pours his blessings. The blessing of, of the warmth of the sun is upon the righteous and the unrighteous. But here's the problem I think we fall into, a bit of a trap that is oh so subtle, which is we think that the blessing of God only resides in the gifts that he gives us. The things that he enables us to have. And so what we think about when we think about the blessing of God is that it's almost like an add-on, i.e., I'm saved, now Lord, would you bless me with this and the other. Lord, I pray a blessing of a new car. I pray. Listen, God wants to bless you in that area, but can I respectively say it's not just about that. It is a trap that is oh so subtle. And, and I'll tell you an, a reason why it's subtle. Because we associate the blessings of God with gifts for good behavior. Now, you might not articulate it in that manner or necessarily consciously think that way, but the way it plays out is, if God is pleased with me, he will therefore give me the blessing. Or, if I pray in the right way, he will bless me. And so we put the blessing of God on the condition of our performance. You see that? When you really think about it. And that's why you can have whole doctrines that have been formulated that are warped into God wants to give you whatever you name and claim. Because essentially what they do is they take the blessing of God, one aspect of it, that he wants to give good gifts and magnify it to the point at which it is the only thing about God's blessing. But I want to come to you this morning to tell you that that is not correct that as we read in the scriptures, we see the blessing is oh so much more than that. My, my heart this morning is that we reposition blessing away from just these material items. And what we do is we see the bigger picture and the bigger narrative of the Lord's blessing upon us. And ultimately, to see how the blessing of God is absolutely center into the gospel and woven throughout the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, so get comfy. We're going to go from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Because who knows that sometimes in order to go deep, you need to get 
far out and have a look from the aerial view. If you want to see a trend, if you want to see a narrative, if you want to see what Hertfordshire looks like above, you need to get into a helicopter and survey it all. And so in order for us to go deep into the blessing, we need to go up first to have a look. And that's what we're going to do. So follow me on this tour of the Bible as we see a theme of blessing run throughout. You see, in the beginning, we see the first ever blessing in Genesis. Anyone know what the first ever blessing was? Okay. I'm going to say it and you're going to go, oh, I knew it was that. You can be more brave if you wish. Genesis chapter 1, 22, God blesses the creatures of the sea and the birds of the air, telling them what? This was the blessing, to be fruitful and multiply the earth. There you go. First ever blessing you read in the Scriptures. Now, the second blessing. Anyone know what the second blessing is? Thank you. Upon Adam and Eve. Verse 28, God gave a similar blessing to Adam and Eve. But unlike the animals, did you know there was an additional blessing which he gave them, which was to exercise dominion over creation? So he built upon that original blessing, said, Adam and Eve, go and multiply and be fruitful and have dominion over the creation. In other words, I want you to rule and reign on behalf of myself. That's what it's about. I want you to be image bearers of me because you've been created in my image the animals haven't, but you have. And therefore, the blessing I pronounce upon you is that you would rule and reign and be my regents here on earth. And so we see that blessing of fruitfulness and multiplication and a blessing of extending the kingdom of God on earth. Do you see that? And as long as they walked in the obedience of God and as long as they ate from the tree of life, all was okay, they would operate under the blessing. But what happened? They didn't, did they? There was another tree in the garden, which God said, don't have of that tree, the tree of knowledge, the good of evil. Now, the tree in this story represents man wanting the blessings of God to multiply and be fruitful and to have dominion, but without the one who blesses. Why do I say that? Because the lie was, the temptation was, you can be like God. In other words, you don't need God. You can be like him. You can disconnect the blessing that he pronounced upon you and God himself, and you'll be a-okay. And that's the world we live in. As Mark, I think it's Sayer says in Australia, we, the world wants the, the kingdom of God without the king. We want the benefits of the blessing without the one that blesses. And so Adam and Eve ate of the apple. Now, what happened at that point? Well, the opposite came, a curse came. You got the blessing and you got a curse. Now, the curse was a direct consequence of making a decision to leave the one who blesses and come out of the covering of that blessing. That was the decision that Adam and Eve made. The curse wasn't some kind of special magic curse that God pronounced. He told them the consequence of what that sin meant. And what do we read? Instead of a blessing of abundance of life, 
health and fruitfulness, the curse was what? One of isolation, shame, toil, no fruitfulness, lack, and ultimately death. Do you see that? The curse is a direct opposite of the blessing because you cannot disconnect the blessing of God with the one who blesses it. It's not, the blessing of God isn't a magic formula that you can name it and claim it and receive it irrespective of the one who blesses you. You understand? And so this curse came in. Now, what happens at this point? Well, we have in Genesis 3 the first ever prophetic declaration of the gospel. It's called the Proto-Evangelium, which essentially means the first gospel. And if you were here when I did the gospel series, uh, you'll remember what I said, that in Genesis 3, God curses the serpent and says there'll be enmity between the offspring of the woman and you, and you will, you will bruise his heel, but he will strike your head. What is that about? That's about declaring that Jesus will come and he will beat Satan. That's what that proto-evangelium is. And so in that moment, you see, God had a plan to cross and to put to death the curse that had come into the land. Do you see that? Now, Adam and Eve leave Garden of Eden. So what's God gonna do now? Did God give up? He said, well, they blew it. That's it, done now. No, no. God chose a couple to walk in God's blessing, Abraham and Sarah. Let's look at Genesis 12, one to three. Now the Lord said to Abraham, it was Abraham at the time before God renamed him to Abraham, which means father of many nations. He says this, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will what? Make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you, listen, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What do we see here? We see the same blessing he gave Adam and Eve, he gives to Abraham and Sarah, namely a blessing to multiply and be fruitful and a blessing to extend God's kingdom to bring blessings to others. The same blessing again. God says, right, let's go again. That is the blessing of God, to be fruitful, to multiply, and to extend his kingdom. And so we see exactly that happen. You see, what happens in this moment is the blessing of God is designed to reverse the curse. You see that? The presence of Abraham and Sarah and the nation of Israel was there to reverse the curse and bring the blessing of God that he had intended. And Israel, indeed, the nation grew into a very large nation. And then we come into the story where they come to Mount Sinai. And uh, you know the story where Moses comes down with the tablets and the Ten Commandments. And here we see, once again, God pronounce that blessing over these people. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing is if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And so once again, we see the choice. If you walk in my ways, if you recognize me as Lord, as you worship me as God, you will walk in the blessing of multiplication and fruitfulness and extending my kingdom here. But... 
If you choose not to, and you walk outside of me, and you choose to do your own thing and be like God, which is the same old temptation Adam and Eve had, then you will walk under the curse. Why? Because you cannot disconnect the blessing with the one who gives the blessing. And that is the story that we see with Israel. Time and time again, falling away from God, God in his long suffering and his mercy, calling them back. But eventually, what do we see? We see that they are exiled into Babylon. And what does that mean? What happens next? Because it clearly hasn't worked. Does it mean that God gives up? No. Because actually... Indeed, there will be one that comes from Israel that will be a blessing for all nations. Jesus, the Jew. Jesus came from Israel. Why? To bring a blessing. And the prophets declared one would come who would finally reverse the curse and bring the blessing. And that is what we see. And so Jesus walked under the blessing of the Father. Why? Because of his obedience to the Father. And so what we see when Jesus brings healing and deliverance and peace, what is Jesus doing? He is walking under the blessing of God. He is reversing the curse in that moment. What we see him doing is being fruitful under the abundance of God and extending God's kingdom in the place he was at, which is exactly the blessing of God that he gave Adam and Eve. Do you see that? We see this theme all the way through. And so in that moment, Jesus is extending God's kingdom. And that's what we're talking about when we say we are here to extend God's kingdom. We're talking about playing our part in the redemptive story to reverse the curse and bring the blessing of God. That's our job. That's the Great Commission. That's the call that is placed upon us to reverse the curse and bring the blessing of God. It is the blessing of God upon us to be fruitful and multiply and to bring the blessing of God to all families of the earth. And that brings us, therefore, to this hallmark, the blessing of God in the call. What happens with Jesus? He becomes arrested, right? We celebrated this morning communion where we remembered the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, that he died and he rose again. And what happened when he was on the cross? The scriptures tell us he took the curse upon himself. That curse that came in the Garden of Eden because of disobedience, Jesus said, I'll take that curse on me. I'll pay the penalty. That curse that was Poured upon mankind, I'll bear that price. I'll take the punishment of death. And in that moment, he fulfilled the proto-evangelium in Genesis 3, where finally he striked the head of the serpent. Let's look at Galatians 3, 13, 14, because Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he picks up this theme of blessing and curse, he says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham 
might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Do you see that? You see, the work of Jesus on the cross was to reverse the curse once and for all and enable us to walk in the blessing of God that he pronounced upon his people. Isn't that good news? You can be a little bit more excited if you wish. I'm just suggesting it. (laughs) And so that brings us to hallmark number five, the blessing of God in the call. Because when we choose to step into his plan and purposes for us and to surrender ourselves to him, we are taking our position to extend the blessing of God to others and his blessing will always flow in that place when we say yes to him. Now, if you detach blessing from solely being about gifts, you can fully understand this. Because even in the difficulty of walking through the great commission, there is blessing in that. You might be serving Jesus and surrendering all to him, and you say, well, I don't see any blessing. I don't see any fruit. Like, where's the good things? Well, you're taking one aspect of the blessing alone. Because the blessing of God upon you is to move in abundance, i.e. the grace of God upon you, the strength to, achieve, to do things even when you feel weak and bring the blessing to others. That is the blessing that we're talking about. But so many Christians miss out on that because they say, well, I'm clearly not very blessed because I don't have the good gifts that they have. But you've taken blessing in the wrong way. Do you see that? The call that we have to be like Jesus is to operate in the blessing like Jesus did. And in this story, we see two blessings. Now, we often jump to number two blessing, which is the fish. We'll get there in a moment. But there was a first blessing. What happened in Simon Peter's obedience? Simon, come in. Let's get into the boat. Let's push out a bit so people can hear me. Okay. In that moment, other people were blessed because of that. If it wasn't for Simon, they would have been able to hear Jesus. You see that little blessing that was operating? upon other people in that moment because of his obedience to follow the call. But then he pushes out further and we see this amazing aspect of the story where they toiled all night and as we unpacked a couple of a few weeks ago, fishermen would go at night because their nets weren't made of the, the, the modern day nylon, which is see-through, kind of see-through in the water. They're made of linen and so the fish would see them and so you'd go at night so that they wouldn't see the nets and they'd go into them. And they'd been out all night and they hadn't caught any fish. And Jesus says, well, go and fish now. And they're like, what? really? We don't do it in the day. Listen, Jesus, you're a good teacher and a carpenter, but I'm a professional fisherman. That's not what we do. And so the blessing is a supernatural blessing because in that moment, the fish, the nets can't hold them. What is that? It is a picture of the abundance, the blessing that comes when we say yes to the call of God. It doesn't mean that you're gonna get loads of fish It doesn't mean that if you say yes to Jesus, you're going to get a new car, although you may do. It doesn't mean that your bank balance will go from here to here, although I pray it does for you. What it's representing is a significant part of the blessing to say that you are now operating under the provision and an abundance of the blesser, God. That's what this is showing us, you see. And so when you say yes to Jesus, you are now moving in the blessing of God to be provided with all that you need to do what? Rule and reign, to extend his kingdom and be a blessing to other people. Do you see that? 
Now, as I try and summarize this, I was thinking about a statement that I could put together, like a paragraph that would bring this 30,000 foot view of the blessing, this meta-narrative, this overarching narrative into a, into a paragraph. So I've had a go at it. It's going to be on the screen. Let me unpack this. Let's have this on the screen. It says this, the blessing in the call is operating within and under God's abundant provision in order to be empowered to fulfill the mandate of God on us to be fruitful as we extend his kingdom, which means bringing blessing to others and reversing the curse with the goal and outcome of bringing him the glory and in so doing, experiencing true peace, joy, and fulfillment happiness. That is what I think is the blessing of God when we talk about it in this context. It is a multifaceted, beautiful diamond shape truth that if you look at it from different aspects and angles, you see a different perspective on it. But ultimately, listen, let us not confine the blessing of God to good gifts. Let us look at the blessing of God from that 30,000 foot view to see that it is part of the gospel redemptive story that we have been called to be part of. And that ultimately it is all about bringing glory to him, not to us. Hashtag blessed shouldn't focus on me, it should focus on God. Maybe we should do hashtag blessed with a cross and a verse <laughs> versus the new shoes or cars and God loves to give good gifts. And you see, the blessing of God comes upon us as we make a decision to operate within and under his provision. What does that mean? It means making a decision to be dependent on him and trust in him, not on ourselves. That's when we are, the, God opens up the blessing upon us. And it is there in order for us to be empowered. That means his grace that means it's provision in the moment. That means favor. That means opening doors that need to be opened. That means the gifts of the Spirit to enable us to pray for people. Why? To fulfill the mandate of God, the great commission that he's placed on us with the goal and outcome that we want to bring him the glory, that we want men and women to praise the name of Jesus and to be saved. And in so doing, what we need to understand is that the blessing of God brings happiness. It says in the, Jesus on the, on, the, on the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew, um, I think it's Matthew 5, he says, blessed are those who, the Greek word for that means happiness. It's a sense of fulfillment. The true fulfillment and happiness that we will find is in the place of blessing because when we operate under God's blessing, that is the place that we experience his peace and his fulfillment. And I said I will go all the way through to Revelation. What happens at the Revelation at the end of the story? Well, Jesus once and for all comes and brings the blessing of God. The curse is finally defeated. We know that it was defeated on the cross, but the final consummation won't come again until Jesus comes again. Bless you, Dave. And in that moment, we will walk once again under the blessing of God. There will no longer be the curse. 
And we are in the bit of the here and not yet. And the question is, in the here and the not yet, is are you willing to take up the call to extend the blessing of God, to operate under his blessing, and to be part of that redemptive story as we play our part in reversing the curse? That is the question before us this morning. Let us stand as I pray. Thank you, Jesus.